I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered, a podcast dedicated to all things younger. In today's episode, we are getting into all kinds of deep issues like identity, commitment, growing older, and weird things people do on the internet. It's episode 505, uh, entitled Big Little Liza, and here to discuss with me is the fabulous Diana Trout, a.k.a. Miss Miriam Shore. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. So happy you're here. Okay, so first things first, Mm -hmm. and I just found this out. Oh, really? When you came in, you directed this episode. This I directed your, this episode. It's your directorial debut. It in is fact. that. It is my okay. directorial debut. How, what, when, where, why, how, when, where? <laughs> I went ahead at the end of season four and asked if I could direct an episode, and then they went ahead and said, uh, "Sure, balls." And I was like, "Oh." Okay. Uh, thank you. Wait, what? Wait, is that like a be careful what you wish for? <laughs> well, you're like, uh-oh. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, long, long time, decades. And uh, and I just, uh, in the wake of what women in particular were going through in the world, in the entertainment industry, I had to ask myself if I hadn't yet done this because I didn't want to really, which is a great answer. Okay. It's not your cup of tea. Cool. Yep. Or if I was afraid or because I didn't think I deserved mm-hmm. a shot at it. And what did you, what, and, what did the soul searching tell you? Well, if I, I just realized that if the answer came back to those questions, scared or if that was the reason I wasn't doing it, that that was some some bullshit, and I needed to step up and ask. And um, wow. and I think there should be more female directors. And I was like, well, why yes. not me? I was just in Cannes actually at the film festival talking about this exact thing. How there, if, if girls don't see it, women don't see it, they don't even think that they can do it. It's true. I mean. I my when my daughter was very little, she had this placemat with all the presidents on it. And uh, the last president was President Obama. That's the only president she had ever known up to that point, which was amazing. Uh, and I said, hey, you know, maybe the next president will be a woman. <laughs> and um, and this was before the election. And happen. she was like, no, no. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I did not come. What? Come again. No, uh-huh. of course it could be a woman. And she was like, no. And I said, no, <laughs> honey. Yes, it can. What in what world? Why can't it be a woman? And she just looked at the placemat with a picture of, of all these men, only one of whom was black, and was like, because there's no woman on there. I could talk until I'm blue in the face, Damn. but that is more powerful. So, yes, it is also just like getting the opportunity. So I um, I thought, well, why don't I step up and give it a try? And I, I can't I'm so moved that Darren Starr just said yes right away just it's believed in me right away so cool yeah how was, was it so you asked for it which is something that we all as women I think we struggle with I think we're socialized to not ask you I mean, feel like you need to be 100% an expert before you can sit at that table studies show that yes. if women are going in for a job uh, interview and there's 10 things you need to hit to get the job and they can they do like 8 out of 10 they're like I'm not getting it men hit 3 and they're like it's mine and that's about confidence in your ability to learn in the moment and I don't know why we're taught that we don't have that ability when we absolutely do as much as anyone else does. Well, times are yeah. changing. Yeah. Thanks to you. All thanks to me, hey, guys. I, I did it. No one else. <laughs> Just Miriam. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you ask, which is amazing, and then you get a yes, which is amazing, and then is it like an oh shit moment <laughs> when you're yeah. on set? Yeah, doing it's a it? little bit. Oh, you know what? It was an oh shit moment in that moment when I was like, oh, no, I have to do it. So then I was like, well, I got to prep because I got to do homework. I got to come in and be ready for that. Right. For that test. So time. what was that like? It was great. I shadowed Stephen Chichita, who's 
one of our directors, I have a lot of friends who do this. And so, you know, I, I have a lot of people who are very experienced to learn from. So I did a lot of that. And, you know, the other thing I did was watch our show, watch Younger. It's such a damn good show. And really just study what the camera angles were, what the tone was, what the look was, what, how, you know, how it all fit together. And I would get lost in the show and how good it was and have to like backtrack and be like, well, I know I'm watching this for camera angles. I'll stop worrying about what Charles is going to do, you know, or what Liza's going to say. Um, I get wrapped up in it, which was great. Same over here. I could watch it 18 million times. And still have I really did. I mean, I really did. And I would still get sucked into it. I'm like, I know what happens. Why am I like, what's going to happen? I know. I know. Why am I hysterically I've crying? seen this episode six times. Exactly. <laughs> so what is the difference between directing and acting? Like, is it like night and friggin' day? Or are there some? is there some serious overlap? And You know, I was curious about and surprised by the amount of overlap. You know, I've been on a set for so long, so many years, 20 years. And uh, there was so much I knew because I was an actor. I didn't give credence to my own experience until the moment I realized like, oh, I know this. I know how to do this. And certainly like dealing with talking to the actors and things like that and telling a story. I mean, that's what I've been doing my whole life. So I was surprised pleasantly by the amount of overlap there is. That said, the work of being a director is, you know, you do so much work with every aspect of it. And one of the great things about being an actor is that you follow your your character's story so specifically more than anybody else, you yes. know, and you have to make choices and you have to understand it in a way that nobody else does. And that's, I love that. And a director has to see the big picture, literally, you know what I mean? You have to, you have to know every detail, every minutiae. And I've always had opinions about those things and now people had to listen to them. Uh-huh. And how <laughs> was, was that? It was great. <laughs> oh my God. I have, I had Wait, to look Were you back. a dictator? I am a benevolent <laughs> dictator. No, I, the, other thing that I appreciate is how hard everybody works and how good everybody is at their job. Mm-hmm. And I had no problem asking for input in moments when I needed that or wanted that. And there were people who are so good at what they do that, of course, I'm going to ask for their advice, their help, their opinion mm-hmm. in that moment because it just makes me look better. You know, that was another great how collaborative it all is. Well, speaking of that, so how involved are you as a director with the writing team? Because I've talked to a lot of the, your writers and they're fabulous. Yeah, they're and great. I mean, and it seems like there's a lot of overlap with uh, the writing team and the actors. Were you like adding or subtracting from the script in any way? Well, they're on set. You have a lot of meetings as director before while you're when you're prepping and you meet with the writers and talk about the episode and come to it with questions for them and and suggestions and ideas. And then, you know, you have a a tone meeting where you talk to the writers about that. I would love as an actor to have a Tony. I'm not sure writers would like that. But, you know, there's our writers are so open to discussing their writing, which is, to me, different from other shows I've been on um, as an actor, too. Well, speaking of the writing, okay, so we actually talked with um, Peter Herman a lot about, like, you know, the show is a comedy. It's a sitcom, yeah. and it's also romantic. It's a romantic comedy. It's a romantic comedy. There's but not you, a lot of those on TV right now. But there's a lot of heavy issues that are addressed, but yeah. in a really funny, yet responsible and yeah. sensitive way. Yeah. And this episode I thought was chocked full of yeah, them, yeah, yeah. actually. Of it was great. So let's start by talking about um, the character of Tam. Yes, Tam. Okay, so Tam, what a great character. Wonderful. What was your favorite part about having a character like Tam to, I guess, uh, use, play with in this episode? Um, 
Well, it's a it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart because I have many friends and loved ones who are exploring different sides of themselves gender-wise. So I was down with that. I liked being able to to cast an actor who was also gender-fluid and who, who identified, you know, in that way, which was fantastic. People feel very challenged by that issue. I, and I like that the writers are like, okay, it's challenging for people. We'll acknowledge that that's a challenge that some people have yes. and that not everyone is able to jump on board and we'll, you know, wink at that and poke fun at that, but also make it a, like show that it's a real thing. Job well done, first of all, to all of you guys, because it really, it gave people permission to be confused. Yeah. And in my own personal life, so I was a straighty. I call you guys straighties. I was a straighty <laughs> for the majority of my life, married to a man for five years, yeah. divorced, and late in life lesbian or whatever the hell I am. And now I'm with a girl named Taylor. So I like to go by Taylor sexual. Yeah. So yeah. I want to add that to the, to the roster. You if, should. If, 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 if we can. And Speak then, your truth. <laughs> so I'm confused about my yeah. own sexuality. So, you know, I can understand how people who maybe aren't on the spectrum whatsoever or yeah. don't identify ads are very confused, especially when it comes to pronouns or, you know, different types. Lauren, I mean, I couldn't even say it. LGBTQIAS. Alphabet soup. Alphabet soup. And you know what? I think confusing moments in history and any in storytelling and history are powerful moments. They happen when there's change and when change is happening, it's a powerful, interesting moment. And so I think we should embrace the confusion and not shy away from it. And we should ask questions. And if you are confused, it's okay as long as you don't use that as some sort of weapon against people. Exactly. You guys, th- this episode gave us permission to be confused, especially yeah. with, through Maggie, because yeah. Maggie was confused. Yeah, exactly. She said and what it was more, it was it was less confusing being inside the closet. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also. giving you permission to be confused but not allowing that to be a reason to be a hater or be a reason to discard something that you don't understand and I love having the character of Lauren who's like come on yeah. Get with it, you know, because I, I like she that. She actually, she calls out, she calls out uh, Josh. Of he all calls, people, Nico. He calls, because he, I, I know, <laughs> which right? Is, which is hilarious The irony behind that. Yeah. Because um, Josh um, calls Tam dude. Yeah. And Lauren gets yeah. so mad. Yeah. It's showing, it's also showing the truth of the, there's people uh, who are confused. There's people who will show you that you do have to call them by what they want. You know, I, I'm always like shocked by people who think, I hate this PC movement. I'm always like, mm, to me, what I'm hearing there is you don't like feeling uncomfortable in your bias. I mean, if someone doesn't want to be called something, what's your problem? Yeah. I think it's okay to be confused as long as you don't, use, again, use it as a reason to, to say that someone who's different is wrong or bad, you know, and to be reactive in a way that's so negative. If you're confused, just say, hey, I'm confused. Can you please tell me? Because anybody yep. who's in that position to teach you, yep. we want to exactly. teach you. Kudos to the writers. By the way, this episode was written by a woman, directed by a woman. The first AD was a woman. The editor was a woman. And then there was a a gender fluid character and actor as well. So it was pretty exciting. What an episode to get to direct. I know. I Did you really get to excited. pick this one? No, no. We were sort of figuring out a good time. And then, you know, I was very light in the episode. Uh, yeah, luckily. how was it directing yourself? I'm a bitch to work with. <laughs> God, I'm so difficult. Were you in the mirror yelling at yourself like uh, both roles? <laughs> um, no, you know, I, I, was, I was happy I didn't have much to do. I was like, I'm wearing a very large necklace. I say something That's funny. so shocking. I know. I know. <laughs> they weirdly put me in big jewelry this time. Um, it was, and I had a lot, everyone was so supportive on that set. I could not have been more supported doing this by my cast and my, my cast and my crew. Yeah, um, right. Uh, by For the real? cast and the crew. There was like a fire and they were just like, we're going to do this for Miriam. It was just, it was beautiful. And I felt so loved and supported and like everyone was right there to help me with whatever I needed and to give me what everything they had. It was, you know, it's going to be a shocker if, if when I direct something else, you know, 
<laughs> and it's not that cast and crew where they're just like, yeah, who are you? I'm going to be like, no, you love, you love me. Is that remember? When I direct, everyone loves me. That's I get trophies. Goes. I get ribbons. That's how it works, guys. <laughs> That's what being a director is. Um, I feel like you got this episode also because you're wicked smart. Did oh, you think wicked about that? smart. Wicked smart. Uh, I like to think I'm smart. I don't know anyone who likes to think they're stupid. Um, but uh, I'm <laughs> That's sure there's a people. Really valid point. Well, there's there's every kind of person out Although there. Although I'm very comfortable in the concept of stupidity, embracing it. Listen, I'm comfortable admitting I don't know things. I yes. know plenty of people who don't like to admit that. I'm yes. fine being like, I don't know that. Well, tell me about it. Which is how I felt when I was going into this. I'm like, well, wait, talk to me about that. What is that? Okay, let's work. You know, using other people's expertise. I mean, when there's everybody on that set knows what they're doing. So right. why wouldn't I talk to the camera ops or talk to the DP or talk to the grips and anybody who can help me in that moment? What was the biggest hurdle? Like, what was the thing that was like, ah, just time. Just you don't have the time you would like. You know, and that that's true of any project you ever do. I'm sure if you have a $130 million movie, you still don't have the time that nope. you would like to do each thing that you need to do. You got to get it done quickly. You're, you're limited. And that's the thing. And you're like, oh, if I had like 15 more hours in this day, I could also sleep and shower. Okay, so I was shocked to find out that you directed this. Uh, I was also getting ready for this interview about this episode when I found out that um, Christian Borrell, yeah. who plays Don Ridley, mm-hmm. uh, Sutton Foster's ex-husband, yeah, mind blown. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about an evolved human being. Let's. Like, yeah, sure, my ex-husband can come and be on the show. You know why? He's a really good actor. Oh, and my I am God. too, and I'm a pro, and we're going to do a great job. Let me ask: uh, Do you and do you even know? Did she like recommend him for the role, or was it no, like? No, I think just they came cast? to her that with the suggestion. He's a fantastic actor. Yes, and she knows that, and she's friends with him because she, like I said, is an evolved human being who is like just the kindest, sweetest person. And she was like, sure. Come on and, you know, let's do it. I felt honored that I was the one who got to sort of work with them. And, you know, they had a scene where they had to kiss. And they're actually Yes, they did. They are. I can't even tell you the level of their talent and professionalism. Yeah. And also, they're just lovely people. So when I would ask for something and yell action and then they would do it better than I could ever have hoped for, I would be like jumping up and down in front of the monitor. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I get to direct people who give me not just what I ask for, but 10 times that. I, the And you have limited time. You're like, I got to do this in two takes. We're shooting. It's three in the morning. It's Bryant Park. We have no time. Oh, right. Go. God, we, I think we as audience members always forget that. You guys are not shooting like at normal times no. because you need it to be empty. Yes. And we need to be empty. It's the middle of the night. It's freezing. We had to shoot the scene where they are walking through the park and then when they, when they kiss. We had to shoot the walking part where she slips and falls two different ways with snow and without. Because it was originally written with snow, but it wasn't necessarily going to match the next scene. And so I made a decision along with, you know, producers. I was like, well, let's also do it without snow because that's kind of how I think it's got to go. So right. we got to have that option, which is just a whole lot of work in the middle of the night in cold Freezing with everybody. Cold. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. So it was fun. <laughs> it was fun, though. <laughs> I mean, I was like running around Bryant Park like snow machines and stunts because the stunt woman was falling. She was great. You know, it was it was a very energizing. And then also I'm a mother, so I'm done at 4.30. I go home. I sleep for like an hour. I get up. I get my kids up. How? I don't. I don't this know. is why I'm, I'm scared of having children. I, 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 just, I love sleep. 
They did go away because they were on spring break. They did go away for a week, uh, my husband and the girls. And? Uh, and that was that was pretty okay. <laughs> was pretty I okay. love them. <laughs> I love them. But I was working so many hours. Oh, so, you got to sleep. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And, and props to all directors out there because they work really, really hard. So does everybody. We all work really hard to do this. Well, thank you guys all for working so hard because we you, enjoy it so much. Welcome. Well, speaking of that scene where she slips and falls, she slips and falls and uh, that's when her two IDs yeah. fall out of her wallet. Yeah. Why doesn't she come up with a better lie. Why does she actually tell Don the truth? Especially because yeah. he works, he's a, a freelance writer. He yeah. works for Vanity Fair. But here's the thing. I don't think that Liza wants to lie. She's not lying because she's a, a pathological liar. She's lying because she had no other choice. If she wanted to get the job that she wanted, she had to lie. It wasn't her choice in, in terms of, that was her last ditch effort. If we had a society that was like, sure, you're 40, come on it. Then she wouldn't have had to do that. So she doesn't want to lie. She lies because of circumstance. Yes. It's the only way that she can do this. And then prior to this, here's this guy. He's a really wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. He's talking about his son. He's talking about the challenges of being a, a divorced father. Yes. She fully understands that and how he's struggling in his career in that moment. He knows everything she's going through. And... It's got to be a relief to be able to tell someone. And then she feels this connection with him. But then I had a moment where I thought to myself watching, I said, he is going to write an article on you, girl. And then what do you do? Then you call him an asshole. (laughs) And you win. You win in that moment. But she wins. She gets, she figures it out. I mean, I actually don't think Liza's a great liar. Because the impulse, she doesn't want to. You know, like a pathological liar wants to. It's yes. what they do. It's the, it's right at their fingertips lying. It's not right at her fingertips to lie. She is forced into this lie because she had no other choice. And so every time she's forced to keep lying, it's hard. You're it costs right. her. She's a clunky liar. Like even episode one of the season when she talks about the diarrhea, yeah. she kind of is like, ah. <laughs> we could not get through that scene without That's laughing. That's Peter was saying. It was saying. so hard to get through that Who was that laughing scene. harder, you or Peter? Peter Herman. <laughs> oh, wait. When he breaks, it's broken. <laughs> when he breaks, like it's fully broken. broken. Also, so when Liza, speaking of Dawn, and he gets her in all sorts of trouble with uh, Reese's people yeah. and asking about her age, and she comes up with, on the spot, a great lie, I kind of thought. Yeah. Uh, She's age queer. Age queer. Uh, let's talk about age queer. Age queer. I mean, the writers do write in a little bit later, and that's probably offensive. Which you know, I love. She does like, acknowledge that she is taking this term that people have earned the right to use, I think, by for. being... Yes, exactly. Yes. Like, yes. they took this term back because they were crushed by it. Right. And she, they were like, no, we will take it, we will own it, and we will crush you right back. So, so she does acknowledge that. But in that moment, what she's trying to say is, stop focusing on my age. Don't worry about it. What am I doing? Am I working? Am I doing my work? Then shut up. And then when her and Kelsey go on this kind of diatribe together, yeah. it's like a eureka moment. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God. Yeah. And they shame us for our age and for the yeah. way that we dress and yeah. for the fact that we're women and, and for our emotions. A, and they're covering, but it's all true. They're not lying in that moment. And that's sort of why it works is that they're like, this is all real, what we're saying right now. And so that's kind of why everyone buys it. And then it becomes a thing so no, quickly. Then it becomes an actual movement. Like a thing <laughs> within 20 minutes, which which is what kills me is how quickly things can become things. You but know? It's, it's not really happening, but I could see it actually happening. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I wonder if this episode will actually, maybe this will now become an actual thing. Yeah, well, look, I don't know if the term will. Maybe but not the term. But in but term, the you should not be shamed for your age. That is just a truism. No. Like, I don't even really feel the age that I am. I think that if you encounter a moment in your life where you, you really feel like yourself or you've defined yourself, there can be several moments. Mm-hmm. You feel those ages. I was talking about how I really remember being eight and being like kind of understanding that I was a, my own person in that moment. I've grown a lot since then, one would hope. And now I have an eight-year-old, and I think about that all the time. I think about that moment of, like, understanding that I was this person separate from everyone that I had 
sort of my own autonomy to be who I was going to be. And wow. now, like, watching my eight-year-old kind of discover that. I mean, obviously, you learn so much and grow so much beyond that. Right. But there's still that little eight-year-old in there who's, like, buck-toothed little nerdy eight-year-old. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this episode, Josh also uh, considers selling Inkberg, which right. is, like, huge. Yeah. And Liza, you know, convinces him to stay, not because she wants to get back together. No. But because he has a support system there and friends there. Well, she has a line in that scene where she's like, you can never go wrong investing in yourself, which to me is her point. Like, it's not about me and our relationship. Even at the end, she comes in and says, this is for you. Like, I know what it means to invest in myself. Right. I know that it pays off. He's also adulting kind of for the first time, which is a big moment. Well, that's a big moment. We all remember, you know. What was your first adulting moment? When I bought an apartment. Like, I almost pooped my pants. I was so freaked out. Isn't it like people are speaking a different language to you? I'm like, what? And signing who? It's a level of fear that I didn't know before, you know, owing that much money. It's It's like, why do we do this? I don't know. I don't. (laughs) I was like, I think I just want to have a backpack and live anywhere I can put my backpack for the rest of my life. There's always an aspect of myself that wants to be able to get up and go. So that was having to, like, understand that there's some permanence, you know, is yes. is scary. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about, like, the dynamics between Nico and Sutton and how they really have a difficult time when it comes to, like, when Josh and Liza aren't, like, doing well, well. Yeah. And they're not doing bad here, but they're also, like, not madly in love. And there was, it was, like, it got very emotional it's on set. It's very emotional. And Nico's so... <sighs> Nico can just open up his heart and vulnerability and wounds really beautifully. It's a gift when you're a director and you ask someone for that and they just readily do it. You know, it's really nice. And you're trying to tell a story and this person's like, yeah, I'm going to just bear my soul. No problem. (laughs) That's hard to do. And then Sutton also is such a giving actress. And she's trying to tell him how important it is to her that he stay not just for her. And he's trying to point out to her how deep that hurt goes and what that means. And that's hard to hear. There was a spark of hope for the Team Josh and me (laughs) that there could be a comeback. Can we predict that there could be a, a Team Josh comeback? Okay. so what led Liza to be able to find kind of her new true self? Josh is a part of that. So I feel like storytelling-wise, he's never going to be dropped fully from the picture because of how much she cares about him. And and will that be a problem? Probably, maybe, I don't know. You know, it's going to be there. So he's an important person in her life always. Um, also, I want to talk about, uh, this is hysterical, Lauren, her <laughs> devastation at feeling quote-unquote old. And oh a God, common theme such a beautiful moment. <laughs> of younger is like, you know, these uh, millennials versus everybody else and yeah. ageism. I mean, all, all of that's very relevant in every yeah. single episode. It happens to all of us. So Lauren, um, Tam, her assistant, they. Oh, her, her Yeah, they're her assistant. And they uh, have this moment, Tam, where they're just like, ugh, millennials. They say, um, millennials are so sad. <laughs> and it just is it all encompassing. When someone calls you that, it's worse than anything because it's just like, mm, I just, I feel bad for them. You know, and you're like, oh, God, that's the worst. And it's the first taste that Lauren has where, like, she's not the young, hip, cool nope. one in the And room. we all have those moments when that flip happens and you're like, huh? Wait, when was your moment? Daily. I mean, <laughs> by the way, having children is that moment yeah, every, every minute day. of the day. They remind like, you. <laughs> nope, not cool. <laughs> I did have a moment when I, where I was walking. I had the baby on me in my carrier. I just had her, and I was like in a fog walking through the East Village, like uh, just trying to, I don't know, get oxygen. And this group of tourists came up to me, and they're like, "Hello, yeah, like where is the East Village?" <laughs> and I was like, "Um." 
you're here. Here, we're here. This is it. You're it. <laughs> you're and he here. was like, yeah, no, but where's cool? <laughs> and I was like, oh dear. My love, I was like, as far from me yes, really as you can get yourself is where is cool because <sighs> cool is not here more. <laughs> Just that was a moment where I was like, I don't know where cool is anymore. <laughs> oh. But you do, I mean, you know, you do also have the benefit of being like, well, maybe I don't have cool, but I, I have wisdom. Wisdom. Well, and then Maggie comes in in that scene. So good. And says, you know, try being an adult. Looks right at Liza. Yeah, exactly. But you should try it sometime. Is being an adult better? It's not even really a comparison because you're on a spectrum where, that continues to move. So you don't really get a choice. No. Like you can go back, which is the fantasy of what Liza's doing. But yeah, I mean, you appreciate it more. And I feel like the more you can appreciate something, the better it is. Because if you're just living it and not really appreciating it, it's gone before you realize it. Yep. You realize things a lot more. Right. Yes. When you get older, you're like, oh, I'm in this. This is great. You know, maybe like a few more sagging parts, but whatevs. Ooh, ooh, I saw something on Instagram to get today that you can um, drink and it like puts collagen in your body. I'm really? going to buy it. Is it a, is it a baby? <laughs> is, it a, is it foreskin? Has anyone talked about the foreskin eye cream? Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it all. I'm there. I was like, <laughs> I'm so oh, there. I guess I misunderstood that. I was putting a real penis just right under my <laughs> eye. And the puffiness was still there, and it was confused. Also, he was a really old guy, so maybe I needed... I misunderstood, it, and it caused an awkward moment. And there uh, goes your volunteering days at the old folks' home. <laughs> oh, no. Right, right. Okay, also, <laughs> Kelsey hilarious. has a moment uh, with Jake. Uh, they go to a party. He kisses her kind of like mm -hmm. in a nerdy way. He was wonderful. He was able to really kind of find the nerd charmer yeah. line and and just walk it beautifully. Not easy. No, he's he's he's, he's a lovely character and a great actor too. So is she finally going to fall for a nice guy cuz she's historically a, ma it's a magnetic force that draws her to all the bad boys. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, she uh, she's sort of her storyline is that she makes the poor choices with her relationships, which to me feels really real. One of those really real things about when I was younger, which was like, I was making some badass choices for my career that were like, yeah, killing it. Uh -huh. And then personally, I would be like, why am I doing this to myself? I couldn't time after time, you know. Um, so to me, that feels like really rings true. And I like that about her character. And this is a moment where you're like, but he's still someone she works with. I don't want to judge. But at the same time, it can it just it comes with a lot more a booby trap. Should you shit where you eat? You can. There's a lot more pitfalls. You're risking more. But I mean, not for nothing. It was like uh, the most romantic. I mean, that Chrysler building was oh, the oh, star oh. of my episode. I, you know, New York is a character in every episode. And I was like, we're going to just... There's two kisses by the light of the Chrysler building, you know, that happen and different in their own ways. But that one was just very romantic. I had a moment watching it where I was like, wait, is that our old set from Getting Younger from last season? Because we had a view of the yeah, Chrysler building. And I actually, when, they, when locations were talking about it, I was like, guys... It was an amazing view if you can get that place. No, we um, filmed in the penthouse of this. I was hotel, say so it, it was looked great. like a penthouse. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, that that place was great. And you know, it was it was a very romantic. It, it was romantic comedy to the hilt in that moment. I wanted to like really get it. It was so good. And last but not least, uh, bread facing was just like the best thing in the world. I feel like I discovered you know? bread facing when it, it was like new and cool. Like I, I found because I found cooler. 
You found cool. It involves putting the bread on your face. Very cool way to eat bread, putting it face on first and then eating. First of all, so I was watching bread face and being like, maybe if I just start to bread face, I'll get satisfaction of eating bread and just like smelling it and having my my skin touch it. You know what it is? It's it's truly carb porn. Is that what people are paying for? I don't. Well, you know, did you follow bread face herself? I love her. Yes. She had a great quote. I watched like a whole documentary about her and she had a great quote, which was like, she was saying, yeah, you know, I know that some people like to rub one out when they're watching this, but, you know, I'm not here to shame anyone's kink. <laughs> and I was like, I will buy that T-shirt. I'm not here to shame anyone's kink. I am not here to shame anyone's, anyone's kink. kink. Uh-uh. I just love that she found a place for her weird impulse. I also didn't realize that you could make money off of it. I would have been bread facing a million years ago. Yeah, that's the part where I'm like, <laughs> does nobody just like babysit anymore <laughs> I served ice cream <laughs> you were, like, at the coffee shop. tables babysat not for nothing but I'm great at shoving bread in my face I didn't know that it was a career but you know what's amazing is that nobody knew it was a career until she did it <laughs> exactly. and she's like I made this career by the way <laughs> but I, I've been telling the story but the, we had an actual story where we were on set shooting and we were you know they were turning around or whatever so we were waiting for the cameras to set up and Hillary's phone was blown up with texts and I was like she had just posted something on her Instagram account and she has a couple followers just guys. a few a few million <laughs> and she uh, and she had just posted something on Instagram so she, and she was getting all these texts and I was like girl you're blowing up and she was like oh my god I'm getting so many texts from my gram and I was like true story oh my god your grandma's texting you <laughs> I almost that's that what I thought amazing she knows how to text <laughs> and everyone just looked at me you're the grandma in this moment. I was like, I don't, it's not a, it wasn't grandma. God, damn it. Damn it. Uh, Miriam, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So fun. And thank you for dishing all about this episode with me and making me laugh hysterically. I'm very proud of this episode. Uh, I'm really proud of you and you guys. uh, If you haven't seen it already, I don't think we spoiled it too much. (laughs) I mean, if you haven't seen it already, you're a monster. I've seen it it. 15 million times and I still like it. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I will be right back here after next week's episode of Younger to talk about whatever wild thing happens next. I'm Taylor Strecker and this is Younger Uncovered. covered.